Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. One thing, uh, Spencer talked about our connect groups that are starting here in this next season. And I would highly encourage you, if you haven't already, to find a way to jump into a connect group. Uh, Spencer alluded to this, but the whole goal, it's connecting people to people and people to Jesus. It's helping us to grow relationally uh, one to another, but also in relationship with God. I want to highlight one more thing, though. And uh, as you enter today, you may have gotten this. You may uh, have not gotten this. Uh, They're available at the Next Step desk as you leave today. But tomorrow, someone say tomorrow. Tomorrow starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. Every single January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting uh, to really set our heart, posture our heart for what God has in store for the next year. And I just want to highlight that. I want to drop that seed in your thinking, in your heart, uh, because this will be something we talk about as we come to a conclusion today in the sermon. And so I want to make, make, your, make sure you're aware of that. Uh, It's a great resource. Uh, There's so many different things in here that will help you. We have great resources on our website. Uh, There's also a texting option you can uh, text into uh, so that you can get daily updates and encouragement. There's everything you need available to to, to jump in and be a part of this journey. And I would highly encourage you that you would join us in the next 21 days. That being said, Hebrews chapter 10, we're in a series this morning that we started last week called Only God Can Do It. Look at your neighbor and just say, only God can do it. Only God can do it. And it's not only the series that we're in right now, but it is the theme or the vision statement, if you will, for our church in this next year. Uh, Pastor Gill, our senior pastor, started this series last week and really cast vision that what we believe God is saying to us in, in this new year is that this will be a year where God will do things that only God can do. How, how in the world will that happen? That seems impossible. That, that's not even something we should consider. No, only God can do it. And Pastor Gil started this series last week, really giving us vision that, that God's calling us as a church, as individuals this year, to posture our heart for what we believe will be a, a breakthrough year. To posture and align ourselves and say, God, you are still the God of the impossible. In fact, last week, Pastor Gil gave us three thoughts that I'll, I'll just uh, remind you of. And the first one is this, that God really is uh, the God of the impossible that there is nothing impossible with our God. Mark 9, 23, it's our theme verse for the entire series. Uh, Jesus said, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can believe all things, Pastor Gil jokingly said this last week, uh, but if you go to, to, to the Greek and the Hebrew, that word all is still the same word all. That All things are possible. There's nothing impossible with our God. And Pastor Gil preached from from this thought last week, second thought, that no one is excluded. Acts 10.34 says that God shows no personal favoritism. God shows no partiality. That anyone who will simply come to him and align their self with what he's asking them to do, God will do for you what he's done for anyone. God can do in your life, in your home, in your situation. God can do in our church. God can do for anyone what he has done for anyone. And Pastor Go concluded with this thought last week that anyone, someone say anyone, anyone can build faith. Nothing's impossible with, with God. 
that no one is excluded when it comes to the supernatural power and the promises of God. And anyone can build a heart that is postured in faith to believe and to receive from God. And what I want to do this morning is I want to start us in what will be a uh, collection, if you will, over the next number of weeks of some practical things the, the, the Bible leads us in, in how we posture our heart in how we posture and align ourselves to receive from God everything that God has. And here's where I want to start today, the first practical tip that I want for us to grab a hold of, and that's this. It is remembering what God has said. It's remembering, stirring back up, reminding ourselves, remembering what is it that God has said. What's the vision that God's given to you? What's the promise that God has has made to you? What is it that God has said in his word? And I'll I'll tell you why this is such a big deal. Because the the blessing of God, the, the provision of God, the hand of God, the grace of God, it is not on your great ideas and the things you want to do. I, I uh, told this story on Wednesday night in, in our youth, but I'll never forget it. A, a couple years ago, there's a guy that said, Pastor Brandon, will you pray for me? I said, bro, I'm a pastor. I'm legally obligated to pray for you. Of course I'll pray for you. He said, yeah, I'll pray for you. So we, we sat right here in one of these pews, and I said, how, how can I pray for you? He said, here's, here's the deal. Um, there's this business venture that, 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 that I'm, I'm going to do. And um, I'm, I haven't started it yet, but I'm about to start it. And I, I just, I just want to know if you'll, you'll pray with me. Absolutely. So we, we sat here in one of these pews and I started praying. And, and I remember first thing that the Lord put, put in my heart was James chapter one, where the Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And I said, all right, well, let's pray. Lord, thank you right now that your word says that anyone who lacks wisdom doesn't know what to do. They can come to you and they can, and, and I've, this has never happened before, but he interrupted me. I've never been interrupted in a prayer before. First time in my professional praying career I've been inter- He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your prayer. Um, I don't want you to pray for wisdom. I don't want you to pray whether or not I should do this. I've already decided I'm doing it. I, I just want you to pray that, that, that God will bless it and it'll be wildly successful. And I said, bud, it doesn't work that way. The blessing of God the hand of God, the provision, the supernatural. It is not on our great ideas and the things that we want to do. No, God's blessing, his provision, his hand, his grace, it is on the things that he is doing and the things that he's leading us to do. We'll read this momentarily or here in a bit, but Numbers 23, 19 says that God is not a man, that he should lie, nor the son of man, that he should repent. In other words, God doesn't say things, God doesn't intend things, and then change his mind. But it says, whatever God has spoken, someone say spoken. Whatever God has spoken, he has obligated himself by the power of his outstretched arm to accomplish it. Do you want to know where, where, where God's blessing is? You want to know where his provision and his power, where his favor is? It is on whatever it is that he is asking you to do. It is on the place and the purpose and the path that he is leading you on. And so the first step in us saying, God, I really do want to experience breakthrough in my life. God, I really do need you to show up in a supernatural way and do the things that only you can do. The first step is always us coming back, 
and saying, first, let me, let me remember, God, what is it that you have spoken? Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 32. Uh, this morning, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, it's not a, a translation I would normally read from, um, but it's the one that I felt like said this, uh, maybe not the best, but in a way that I felt like really made sense for, for us this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, it says this. The author is speaking, and the author says, Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remain faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering from the same thing. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You know there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, but remember the great reward that it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. So you'll continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. If you will, go back with me to verse 32. I want to read it one more time. Verse 32, the author of Hebrews speaking to uh, this audience, he, he says, think back. Think back. Go, go back in your thinking to that place. Think back in those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember Remember how you remain faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. If you're looking for a title this morning, you can write this down. The title of the sermon is simply this, Remember Again. Remember Again. It's the title of the sermon today, Remember Again. And uh, one more time, I know we've already prayed a couple of times, but one more time, can I pray? And can I just ask that God would in these moments speak to us, that he'd open our eyes and our ears and our heart, and we leave here today having received something from him? Come on, let's pray together. God, we thank you today that your word is not just a religious book of principles and ideas and historical facts about you. No, your word, it is living. It is breathing. Your word, every, every word of it, page, uh, page, page to page, cover to cover, has been inspired by the Spirit of God, and it speaks today. And so we ask that in the name of Jesus, as we've gathered uh, here today, that these moments really would matter. That we wouldn't just get a good idea or a good sermon, but we ask that every ear, every heart, every eye would be open right now to receive from you. God, we pray that every distraction every tool of the enemy that would cause us to tune out, that God, you, you would help us to remove that, but you would help our attention and our focus and our heart of faith and expectation to lean forward and receive something today that will help not only change, but posture us for the things you have in our future in Jesus' name. All God's people at 9.35 a.m. said amen and amen. Uh, you, you don't have to raise your hand because I already know the answer to this, but have you ever been proven wrong before? The, the answer to that is, is yes. Like anyone in here that's like, actually I haven't. I've never been wrong. Mark this on your calendar. Today would be the first day of your life you have been wrong because we, we've all been wrong before. We've all been proven wrong. We've said things. Come on, anybody besides for me, there's things you have said you wish you could retract. 
There's things that you wish were on Facebook to hit the delete button, but you actually said it in real life to a person. There's things we've thought, there's perspective. We've all been proven wrong before. A couple years ago, I was invited uh, to a young adult conference uh, called the Seek Conference. Uh, it was a young adult conference that our denomination, uh, Foursquare, was putting on. And I was invited to, to, to preach at this conference and then to, to do a breakout session. And I'm telling you that for the context that I was going to this conference as a leader. Uh, I wasn't part of the conference team, but because they invited me to come and to preach, I went and go, I'm a leader. I'm, whatever they're doing, I'm helping for, for, for the things they're doing to, 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 to move forward. And I'll never forget the very last session, uh, the person leading the conference, he, he got up and said, all right, here's what, here, here's what we're going to do today. We're, we're about to pass out note cards and envelopes, and we're going to write a letter to our future self. Now, here's what you got to know about me. I have been in church my entire life, like born on a Saturday, in church on a Sunday. I've I've seen it all. And, and all that means is that I probably roll my eyes at church people and church things way more than you do. Because I have been a part of so many things that I'm like, oh, that is so cheesy, cliche Christian. Um, I can think back. There's things that I, as a pastor, have been like, this is the new thing. And I look back years later and go, that is so embarrassing. That was the most cliche, cheesy, oh, what were we thinking? But, but, but I say that because I'm sitting there and I kind of rolled my eyes like, I don't want to write a letter to my future self. Like this is, this is, this is, but, but I'm a leader there. And so I was like, no, 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 this is, I'm, I'm, I'm a leader. I'm going to help move forward and, and uh, be an example in, in, in what we're doing. And so with my whole heart, I said, all right, God, I, this is cheesy. This is, this, this, this just feels kind of ridiculous, but I'm going to write a letter to my future self. And so the, the idea was you'd write a letter to your future self, all the things that God is saying, all the things that God is speaking to you at this conference in these moments. And then we turned them in and they said, we're going to mail these to you a year later to remind you to stir up the things that God was saying and, and God was doing. And so I did it with my whole heart and then I forgot about it. And a year later, I got in the mail this, the, this letter, and as God is my witness, I remember like getting the mail from the mailbox and going, I got a, like, someone wrote me a letter, and their handwriting looks ridiculously close to mine. I remember telling my wife, like, Who, whoever wrote me this letter, like, their handwriting is so, so I, it's familiar. And I opened it, it's like, and, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh, this is the letter that you wrote a year ago to your future self. And I remember sitting there being proven wrong because what I thought was cheesy and kind of ridiculous, I remember sitting there and tears f filling up my eyes because all of a sudden I didn't just remember intellectually things that, that, that were spoken, things that I felt like God was saying, things that I felt like God was asking, but all of a sudden all of the emotion that was connected to those things came flooding back. All, all of a sudden, all of the, the conviction in my heart and the faith and the expectation and the emotion that goes along with that came flooding back all in an instant. See, I, I don't think that you and I maybe need to intellectually remember things that, that God has spoken to us. Maybe we do. Maybe there's some things that you just completely forgot that God has said in your past. But, but I, I think more predominantly what we forget or what we lose is the emotion, the conviction, the faith that's connected to those things.
We, we get busy, don't we? I mean, life affects us all in one way or another. We got busy lives and jobs and we got kids we're trying to get to soccer practice and we got obligations and things that we're trying to do and deadlines we're trying to hit and, and, and life is difficult and, and all of a sudden circumstance, situation, the busyness of life, it has a way of disconnecting in our heart the things that, that God has once said and what that meant or what that did on the inside of us. You might not know this, but the book of Hebrews is a book that was written to a group of people who had given their whole life to follow Jesus. And now they're considering going backwards. Now they're considering walk away, walking away and leaving their faith because things have gotten difficult. This is not difficult like, oh, they're in cancel culture. It's difficult like people are losing their lives. There is real persecution happening where people, they're losing businesses. They're losing family members. People are, 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 are losing and suffering great loss because of their decision to follow Jesus. And the book of Hebrews is written for a group of people to say, don't turn back. I, I know you want to turn back and I know you want to go back, but don't turn back. And what we have in Hebrews chapter 10, we'll read it one more time. Hebrews 10, 10, 10 32 is we have the author coming to this audience, speaking in the context of this letter. And he says, think back. Think back on the early days when you first learned about Christ. The New King James Version says it this way, Hebrews 10, 32. It says, but recall. That word recall is a Greek word that paints a picture of digging something out of the ground that was buried. Digging something out of the ground or out of the grave that, that is, is lost, is long gone. It, it's a word that, that doesn't j- just, just describe going back on, on, on your time hop, but it describes going back and taking something out of the ground that, that you, you, you thought was dead, you thought was gone. New King James Version says, but recall... The former days in which, after you were illuminated, that word illuminated is a Greek word that I won't try to pronounce because I can't pronounce it, but what what it means is it means a flash of light that leaves a permanent impression. It's actually where, where we get the word photograph because what it depicts is a flash of light that leaves a permanent impression or picture on, on the inside. What is this? This is not just going to Sunday school and and learning Bible stories. This is not just going to Sunday school and learning facts about God's story. This is revelation. This is when when, when God comes and he opens your eyes. He illuminates something on the inside of you that leaves a permanent impression. I don't know about you, but I, I can think back and I can remember. I can remember moments where where it's like God illuminated something on the inside of me. I remember being 17 years old, about to graduate high school. I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life. I remember being in Washington, D.C. at the Foursquare International Conference, sitting in the back row at the closing session, and God speaking to me. God illuminating something on the inside of me, calling me into, into ministry. 
I, I remember about a year and a half ago being in, in a hotel somewhere in, in Georgia because I was speaking at something and I was in this hotel and, and, and COVID had started to kind of like flare its head up again. And, and for the first time in the pandemic, starting to feel just a sense of fear and worry and anxiety. And I remember going to Psalm chapter 91 in my Bible and reading and meditating and thinking about, and, and all of a sudden out of Psalm 91, God illuminating something on the inside of me, leaving this permanent impression, reminding me, marking me, no, God, you're my healer. God, you, you, you are my protector and my provider. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, under the shelter of the Most High. Though a thousand may fall at my right and 10,000 at my left, it will, not, it will not come near me. Though it is all around, and, and I remember the illumination. This is revelation. In he, Hebrews chapter 10, what he says, he says, remember. Go and dig up again those moments that you were illuminated. And how I know that he's not just talking about intellectual things, how he's talking about that emotion that goes with it. Because listen to what he says, verse 32. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember, Hebrews 10, 32, remember how you remain faithful. Listen, even though it meant terrible suffering. Verse 33, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same thing. Verse 34, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. For you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. What, what, what's he doing? He's not reminding them of facts. He's not reminding them of, of he's reminding them of what God had did on the inside. Like, can, can, can I just ask you, have, have you ever wondered or asked yourself, what happened to the old me? Like, what happened to the old me that would do anything, pay any price, whatever it took to follow Jesus? What, what happened to the old me that, that I, I would do, I would lay it all down to fill, fill in the blank? Because I know I have. I know that I often go back and think, what, what happened to the 18-year-old version of me? was so illuminated and convicted by the things God was saying that it didn't matter anything else. I'll pay any price. That all the things that I'm worried and anxious about and all the things that I have made to be a big deal, they didn't even matter. What is the author doing? He's saying, will you dig up and remember how God illuminated you, how God spoke to you? Can I ask you a question? Do do, do you have anything that you need to dig up? What, 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 where is the promise that God gave you? Where, where, where is the calling that God placed on your life that you once were so convicted by? Where, 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 where is the vision that God spoke to you? Where is the word? What are the things that God has spoken and give? Is there anything that you need to to call up, because for, for a lot of us, myself included, what happens, well, well, is life. Life happens, doesn't it? Resistance happens. Can I just tell you this? This may not be encouraging, but can I tell you that when you get a word from the Lord, just get ready for the fight of your life. 
that, that when you get a word from God, it's on like Donkey Kong. Mark chapter 4, verse 14 through 15 says this, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the, by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, someone say when, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. We don't have time to, to, to read and talk about the whole parable, but you can go read Mark chapter 4. It's the parable of the sower. And, and what we just read is a part of the parable of the sower. It makes a lot more sense in context, but I'll give you some context. Jesus is talking about how the whole kingdom of God, it all starts with, with word. It all starts with what God has said. It all starts with what God has spoken, which P.S., by the way, is not just like the, the, the black ink on a white page. When, when, when we talk about word, when we talk about the word that God's spoken, we're always talking about the rhema word. And, and that is a Greek word that simply means just the living word, the spoken word revealed to you in your heart. And, and Jesus in Mark chapter four is talking about how the whole kingdom, it, it all starts with the word. And then, then he gives this parable. And, and he says, you got to realize that when, when the word comes, Satan comes tomorrow. Satan comes next month. Satan comes when January is over and you're no longer super psyched about your New Year's resolutions. Nope. He says, Satan comes immediately. And, and this parable talks about how through distraction through di difficulty and circumstance, through the deception of just wanting, desiring other things, that Satan does everything he can to get this word out of your heart. Why? Because the word of God, hear me this morning, it has transformative and breakthrough power. See, here's what you gotta know, that God is the, the God of the impossible. Yes and Amen. All of God's promises are yes and amen, and the crowd goes crazy. But what we don't often stop and consider is, yes, that is true, but all of God's promises are received through faith and obedience. I heard one man say that faith is the currency of God's kingdom and obedience the key that opens the door. Yes, God is the God of the impossible. God can do all things. And the crowd, sure, that, that, that's awesome. Let's, let's get pumped about that. Let's just not forget that there, there's verses like Mark, Mark 9, 23, which we already read, that says, yes, all things are possible to him who believes. And, and we could just cross-reference, do a little Bible study in James and realize that, oh yeah, faith is not just a belief. Faith is proved out in the way that I live which is why Hebrews 6.12 says that you, you need faith and patience because through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And here, here, just, you, you gotta settle in your heart. And I hate to be, to be the bearer of bad news if this is bad news, but it is impossible, impossible to live a life of faith and obedience without a heart that is renewed by and illuminated with God's word. You won't do it. Not, not, not that you, you don't want to do it. You just can't do it. I had someone, someone recently that said, yeah, Brandon, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling in my faith right now. So really, tell me about that. I just, you know, 
Again, intellectually, I mean, I just, I know this is what the Bible says. I know these are things that God has spoken to me. I just, you know, I'm just really struggling in my faith. So can I ask you a question? How's, how's, your, how's your time with, with God been? Like, how, how's your time re- reading Scripture, remembering what God has said, meditating in God? Like, how, ah, man, I haven't really spent time with God consistently in probably like three or four years. Yeah. Duh. Like, it's impossible. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. You don't get to have faith that is stirred up without the hearing, the receiving of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, but it is impossible. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed, be transformed. But how? By the renovation of your thinking through the renewing of your mind. And we cannot live a life of faith. We can't live a life of obedience, walking in the will of God without the word of God renewing and transforming and illuminating our heart. And and one more time, let me just make an emphasis. I am not talking about intellectual things. Yeah, I, I don't know what the problem is, Brandon. Every day I've been, I've been doing my daily devotions and I have journaled and, and like, that's great. There's a place for that. I'm like me of all people, I'm all for that. However, it's not what you know intellectually. It's not the things that you can quote and answer on a Bible trivia test. It is what is illuminated in your heart. What, what, what have you remembered and brought back to the surface? Really what we're talking about is we're talking about prophetic vision. Now, I know that sounds like really, really churchy and, and really like, like bible because it is, but let me just like explain that to you. When we talk about prophetic vision, something that is prophetic, more, more than it's foretelling on January, the, more than it's that, it's forthtelling. It's bringing forth what God desires to do. It's bringing forth what God is saying that he is, is going to do. And when we talk about vision, come on, you, you've heard me say this before, vision is not goals on a whiteboard. Vision is not your aspiration for success and achievement. V- vision is not the 22 pounds that you want to lose, lose in 2022. That's not, vision is a word from God. So when we say prophetic vision, what we're saying is we're saying it, it's, it's what has God illuminated and, 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 and showed you foretelling the, the picture of your destiny, of what, he, of what he's calling you to, of what he desires to do in your life. Think about this when, we, when we're worshiping. Remember Abraham and Sarah. God, God said, you will be the father of many nations, yet they could not have children. And, and God came to Abraham and he gave him a prophetic vision Forth telling what he will do in the saying, no, you, 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 you will bear children. That I, I will come to, to your wife in, in the right time. And she, all it is, is what is God speaking to you? What is God saying to you about your future? What is God saying to you about the purpose, the plan, the, the pathway that he has for you to walk in and on? I'll tell you what, why it's a big deal. You can write these three things down quickly. Number one, because prophetic vision it brings hope. Do, do you find yourself discouraged? Do, do you find yourself just down, frustrated? Can I tell you what you probably need is you, you, you need vision. The Bible tells us this in Numbers 23, 19. 
I told you we would get here. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? You you, you know what, what what prophetic vision does? Is it brings great confidence to your life. It brings hope to your life. Do you know why? Because when God speaks to you, guess who is not obligated to make that happen? You. Guess who the pressure is not on? You. Guess who doesn't have to figure it out? You don't. Because when God speaks, all God's asking us to do is to simply put our faith and our trust in him and take the next step that he's, that he's giving to us. It's all he's asking us to do because he is the one. Only God can do it. He's the one who's saying, no, no, no. Hey, th- th- this is my plan. This is my purpose. This is my promise. You, you take the stress off for a second. I am going to, to do it. I'm going to make sure that it, that it happens. Number two, you can write this down, that pr- prophetic vision, it restrains us. Brandon, how do you live a life of discipline and devotion unto, unto God? You need vision. If, if, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, you cannot live a life of devotion and discipline before the Lord when you have no vision. Bible says this, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no, where there's no vision, where there's no revelation, prophetic vision is the definition of that word, where there's no revelation, when you don't have a word from the Lord, people, they cast off restraint. Ah, what's the use? I'm not doing this anymore. Was talking to someone this week and, 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 and I said, why do you think it is that you're really struggling to find consistency in this area? And they gave me a list of some answers. I said, that could be it. But do you want to know what it really is, though? It's vision. You're not living with a vision in your heart from the Lord. You don't have, no, this this is the word that God has spoken. And in fact, it's not that you don't have it. It's that you're not not remembering or stirring it up on the inside. I'm telling you, when you get vision from the Lord, it, it restrains you. It it, it not only gives you desire, but it gives you discipline to walk in that desire. This is what vision does. Number three, you can write this down. Prophetic vision, it directs us. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, it says, it says Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, let's go. It says, then the word of the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Listen to the phraseology. Write the vision, make it plain so that, in other words, without vision plainly being in front of you, you will not be able to have the direction to run, to obey what God is saying. Prophetic vision, it brings confidence to our life. It brings hope. It brings restraint, gives us the, the ability to walk in the purpose, the plan, the, 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 the discipline and devotion that, that we need. It gives us the direction to run and to give ourselves to, which is why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35, it says, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, remember, remember the great reward that it brings you.
patient endurance is what you need now so that you'll be able to continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Can, can I tell you what we need? Can I tell you the first step in posturing our heart and posturing our life to see God do what only God can do? It's remembering. It's stirring back up and remembering what has God said. So here's the question, and it's how I want to close this morning. How do you do that? How in the world do, do you do that? Can, can, can I read you one more passage? I'm not really asking because I'm going to. Uh, but Daniel chapter 10, I'm going to read to you. I know it's going to sound like a lot, but 12 whole verses. And, and I literally just, just want to read this story to you. It says, In the third year of the reign of King, uh, King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as uh, Belshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future. So here's Daniel. He's getting prophetic vision. He's getting a word from God. God is speaking to him concerning what God will do in the the future. Times of war and great hardship. Listen to this, verse 2, though. When this vision came to me, someone say when. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three full weeks. All that I'd eaten, or uh, all that time I'd eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. And on April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great uh, Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like, like a precious gem. His face flamed like lightning and his eyes flamed like the torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Listen to this. Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men with me saw nothing. They were suddenly terrified and they ran to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up. Listen to this. For I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling and he said, do not be afraid, Daniel. I love this. Since the first day that you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I've come and answered your prayer. You, you, You can leave that scripture up there. What did we just read? This this passage in Daniel chapter 10 where Daniel starts and it says I had a great vision I mean I I read this and I'm like I've never had an encounter with God like that before that sounds pretty 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 crazy I had this this great vision tell me Daniel where were you when you had this vision man 
I had just completed 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, I was there with the, you know, bunch of bunch of my friends, and and all of a sudden God showed up to me. God revealed Himself to me. The text is is very clear that nobody else around Him got this vision. Nobody else around Him heard this voice. Nobody else around Him had this encounter. God showed up just just for me. God showed up, and God said, Daniel, you are greatly beloved. My favor is on you. My hand is on you. And the angel of the Lord says this, from the first day that you set your heart to seek understanding, to humble yourself before me, your prayer was heard, and I'm here. I'm here because of your prayer. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray, for understanding. God, I need your word. God, I need you to speak to me and open up my eyes and stir back up in me again the word, the vision that you have for from the first day you begin to seek for understanding. You humbled yourself. See, for a lot of us, it's a pride issue. The first day that you just said, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I literally don't have the ability to be the husband, to be the dad, to be the person I, I need. From the first day, you humbled yourself. Your request was before the Lord. It was heard in heaven, and I have come in answer to your prayer. I don't think Daniel 10 could be any more clear. Why, why did Daniel get such revelation from God? Why did Daniel have these radical encounters with God? Why did Daniel, why was he a man that had such clear, fresh vision? Why was Daniel a man that had favor and was because Daniel was a man who, who sought after God? Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, it says this, and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. When's the last time that God became more than a piece of jewelry to you. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's a part of my life. No, no, no. When's the last time that with your whole heart you sought after God? When's the last time you were humble enough to say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I need you. When's the last time you called out to God? God, give me, give, give me understanding. Speak to me. Help me to remember again the word have for my life, for my family, for my future. This is why we are doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We don't do our 21 days of prayer and fasting because it's a religious thing. No, I've been in church for way too long to be about religious stuff. Religious stuff, it is what it is, doesn't always work. It's, it's the genuine, real, authentic relationship with God and obedience to his word that works. It's not religious. This is us simply saying, God, we, we need you. God, the starting place for my life, the starting place for our church, it is coming back to the word of God. Here's what I want to encourage you with and, and leave you with. Whether you will participate or not, that's, that's between you and the Lord. But, but I'd ask you that before you leave, that you would, you would grab one of these. And maybe you would just take some time today to 
to, to read through this, to think through this, to ask. Maybe, maybe this is something that God's asking me to do. What is fasting? It's simply just stepping aside from something for a season to say, God, I'm giving you more, more time, more time, more energy, more focus. Whether it be TV or social media or whatever it might be, I'm just I'm stepping away from this because God, I'm putting more energy, attention, time into seeking you. I'd ask that you grab this because here's what I want you to see. Number one, in this, this is something that um, that that we, we've just titled or we've called the lake shore that I see. And what this is, is the prophetic word, the vision, the foretelling of the future, the destiny that God has for our church that was given to our senior pastor uh, almost 20 years ago. And not for any specific reason, but just just because. It's kind of been, it's kind of been, been, been in the ground. We haven't really talked about it a lot. We haven't really brought it to the surface, but we believe this is, this is a season to say, hey, let's remember, let's dig back up, become illuminated again when it comes to what it is that God, you're, you've called us to as a church. Let's get illuminated again when it comes to the vision that you have for, for, for our church. And I, I, I point that out because I, I think it'd be so good if you're a part of our church that you would know that. But, but secondly, because the lecture that I see is for our church, but on the back of this prayer and fasting card, it simply says the blank that I see. And we're asking that everyone would take time to fill that blank in. Take time to to pen, take pen to paper and say, all right, God, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm praying. And this is the future that I see. This is the calling that I see. This, this is the financial place that I see that you're calling me to. I'm praying and I'm believing that God will. God, I, I know I can believe this because your word says, so my faith statement for the year is, it has to be personal between you and God. Again, we're not doing this because it's religious. We're not doing this because it is the thing to do. We're doing it because we're desperate for God's word. Amen. We're desperate for fresh revelation. We're desperate for illumination. We are desperate to be stirred by the word of the Lord so that through faith and patience, through faith and obedience, we can give ourselves to what God is saying. I'm telling you, God has a better 2022 in store for you than, than you even realize. God has more for your future than you can even see right now. God has a purpose. He has a plan. He's got more for your marriage. He's got more for your finances. He's got more for your family. It doesn't matter where you have or have not been. The Bible says God is the God of abundant redemption. doesn't matter where you are right now. Paul said, one thing that I've, I've learned, which is pretty incredible because Paul is the primary author of the New Testament. He goes, hey, you want to know like one thing I've really learned? What's that, Paul? Forgetting those things that are behind me and moving forward into what God has in front of me. What, what is it today you need to forget? What is it today that you need to let go of? Who is it today that you need to forgive? What what sin in the closet today do you need to repent from? What is it today that you need to say, God, I don't, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know where the 18-year-old version of me went. But God, I'm forgetting this. And by your grace, I'm going to lean into what you have in, in my future. Yeah, but how do I even know what that is? Seek God. 
Like I wish, I really do, because it would make my job as a pastor so much easier. I wish we had fortune cookies with a vision from God that we could hand out as you leave. Don't have a vision today, pick up this. But it only comes when we seek God. I don't know the word God has for you. God does. I don't know the future God has in store for you and your family. God does. I don't know the calling, the assignment that God divinely has placed on your life. God does though. And he's made us a prominent, a promise. With all of our heart, if we will seek him, just like he did for Daniel, he will reveal himself to us. He will speak to us. He will give us vision for our life that will propel us forward. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? God, we thank you today for your word. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you are not done with anybody in this room. There's not a single person in this room who has disqualified themselves for what you have in their future. No, your word says that your mercy is new every morning, that your grace is sufficient, that you've called us righteous and justified us in the finished work of your son, not our works. And so I ask today in the name of Jesus that you would stir every person under the sound of my voice, including myself, you've got something in front of us, that you're calling, your word, your pr- that it is still yes and amen. And I pray that God, as we take 21 days to say we will fast and we will pray and we will seek God with all of our heart, that God, you will speak to us. I pray all throughout our church, God, across all of our campuses, that we will have Daniel chapter 10 kind of encounters where out of nowhere you will show up and you will speak to us. You will reveal yourself to us. You will give us a vision for our life and vision for our future. Why? Because we're seeking you. Because with humble hearts, we are seeking to find understanding of what you have for our future. And I thank you that as we receive vision, as we give ourselves to faith and obedience, that you will this year, you will do what only you can do. This will be a year of breakthrough in our lives and for our church because you will do what only you can do. Would you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.